But uh, it's good to be here uh, this evening. If you have your Bibles with you this evening, turn not to Genesis, not to Genesis, but to the complete opposite. We're going to Revelation. Revelation, not the last chapter, but chapter 21. Now, the preparation of this message, I got this uh, message a couple weeks ago, and I've been working on it here and there, you know, with, with having uh, old-fashioned uh, day and then uh, the Christmas party. It's been a minute, <laughs> and I ha- I've had this message for a while, but what, what God was really laying on my heart was uh, heaven. And that's why that I say that that last song that that uh, we played goes goes really well with uh, the the message for this, this evening. So we're only going to read um, a couple verses tonight, but we're going to be centered in this chapter. So you know, as as I'm preaching through, I encourage you to to read down and and read into this read into this chapter uh, while listening. But Revelation chapter twenty one. And we're going to start in verse 1. And the Bible reads, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband, and I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain. For the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life uh, freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the, the, but the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and the murders and the whoremongers and the sorcerers and the idolaters and all the liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. And there came unto me one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials full of the, uh, full of the seven last plagues, and talked with me, saying, Come hither, I will shew thee the bride of the Lamb's wife. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I just asked ask this evening, Lord, that you just... Uh, uh, Fill me with your spirit, Lord. Give me the unction of the Holy Spirit, Lord, that I can just just preach your words, Lord, and they be your words and and not mine, like I always ask, Lord. Lord, I uh, you you know that that these aren't my words, Lord. I know that they're not my words, Lord. So I, I ask that you just again continue to speak through me this 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 evening, Lord. 
And Lord, just allow me to be what you've, what you've called me to be, Lord. And that's just a vessel, Lord, preaching your word, Lord. And Lord, I just love you and thank you for all things that you've given, given us this evening, Lord. And I uh, just want to ask this all in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Amen. So, this chapter of the Bible is very descriptive of what, what heaven is going to be. We, if, if, you look, if you look a little bit, bit further, we see that this, this whole chapter of the Bible is talking about who's going to heaven, what it's kind of going to be like, and what's not going to be there. It tells us events that will happen. It tells us of, of things that, that we will feel. You know, usually usually a feeling of emotion with, with crying is, is sadness. So you can, you can infer that there will be no sadness because there's no crying. You know, it is, it is going to be perfect. It is going to be perfect. And there is a lot of speculation of what we will do in heaven. Amen? I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot. That, that, is, that is true that, that there are so many people. I mean, from, from the, the people that say that they know when we're going to get to heaven and then the people that that you know for some reason they think they know exactly what we're going to be doing in heaven there's a lot of speculation a lot of uh, meaningless babbling going on about heaven the bible tells us some things that will be in heaven but the truth is is we don't exactly know a hundred percent what heaven is going to be like it's nice to have our speculation of what heaven will be like, but we seriously, we, we don't exactly know. You know, we know that the, the Bible talks, talks about hell a lot more than heaven. It doesn't mean that the Bible doesn't talk about heaven that much. It just means that there is something more, more urgent. There is something a lot more urgent to be talking about. The Bible gives us bits and pieces, and this chapter in the Bible, fitting to be revelation, fitting that this is the, not the last uh, chapter, but the, the second to last. So we, we see the bits and pieces of, of what heaven's going to be like. And I have a question this, this evening. How many people wonder what heaven will be like? I mean, this, this evening, have you ever sat and thought what heaven is going to be like? And I say the scripture that we just read is very descriptive of heaven. Maybe not descriptive enough for, for our, some people's liking, but it's one of those things where you'll know when you get there. In my opinion, man's opinion, my opinion, this Scripture is descriptive enough. This is all that we need to know about heaven. And why is it all we need to know about heaven? Because it's what God gave us about heaven. We don't really need to know all that goes on in heaven. I mean, there's a, I mean, I think sometimes we, we act like the Bible doesn't give us very much about heaven. But I mean, if you read this chapter. Yes. This chapter is very descriptive. And this is not the only chapter. This is not the only book that, that describes what heaven is going to be like. It is not the only thing. So it's safe to say, we don't 100% know. It's safe to say that me, myself, I'm not John. I'm not John. I didn't write the book of Revelation. And I didn't, I didn't get to see the revelation that, that John got to see. It's safe to say that none of us are John. 
We didn't get to see the things that God showed John and, and some things God uh, told John not to show not, or not to, to write about. It's safe to say that we're just not him. So we haven't seen it. And there's a reason why we haven't seen it. Because if God wanted you to see it, he would have showed it. He would have showed heaven to you Amen. right now. But let's think about for a moment what heaven's going to be like. Now, you might ask me, Brother Josh, didn't you just say we shouldn't really speculate about heaven? I did say that. You are not wrong. But tonight, we're going to read what the Bible says about heaven. Let's not speculate. This is no speculation. This is what the, the uh, inherent word of God says about heaven. And we're going to talk about that tonight. When it comes to what the Bible clearly says, there should be no speculation on it. It is, it is the truth, nothing but the truth. It is tried and tested, and there is no speculation over it. At least there shouldn't be. Every single word in this Bible is the word of God. So we're going to see what the Bible says about heaven. No man's opinion tonight. The description of heaven that the Bible gives us is good enough for me and it should be good enough for everybody else. And why should it be good enough for everyone else? Because God gave it, just like it is. If God were to make mistakes, then our God would not be perfect. Amen? And the title of this message tonight is the, 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 only, the only thing that I could think of when I got this message is the hymn, When We All Get to Heaven. It's very fitting because I was... When I got this message, I, I had the song in my head for a while. And I couldn't, I, it's like one of those things. You know how, you, how they say that you uh, listen to the end of a song and usually it gets it out of your head? Wasn't working. I, was, I mean, I know this. I was singing it all the way through. I don't know if there's another version that I just didn't know. But I, I couldn't get it out of my head. What's it going to be like? It's a four-point message tonight. And the first point is there will be no sin. Look where we were just reading. Revelations chapter 21. Revelation chapter 21. Just verse 27. And there shall in no wise enter into it anything that de uh, defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. This scripture is saying there is no sin uh, that will enter in. No wise, nothing that defileth, nothing that works abomination. You have to understand what abomination is. You have to understand what sin is. <coughs> the only one who is going to make it to heaven... The Bible reads in this in the scripture is the ones that are in the Lamb's book of life. Amen. The only thing that gets you in is your salvation. Your your faith and obedience and making Lord as we as we talked as we talked about this morning, making God Lord. We are all going to perish without Jesus. Because we all sin. And as a Christian, we don't like sin. It is evil and wicked and we should despise it. I mean, it is the very thing that, that, uh, that really 
got us to the point where we understood we needed Jesus because we were sinning and we couldn't stop sinning. We couldn't stop sinning. And the only remedy to sin is Jesus. So as a Christian, we should despise sin. And we get sad and angry when we do it as Christians. We should. We should feel sad. We should feel conviction when we sin. Because when that conviction stops, when you start sinning, you have a huge problem. We want to change, but we won't in this life. But isn't it a blessing that, that sin is going to be conquered? Isn't it a blessing that when you get to heaven, sin will no longer bound you, even though Jesus broke the chains of sin in this life? Even though Jesus broke the chains that held you down with sin, there is a next life. There is a heaven where there's not one little sin that'll slip through because there ain't no devil. There ain't no sin to tempt. There is no sin that can be committed. There is no sin that the Father will allow to enter into the gates of heaven. Sin will be destroyed when you get to heaven. Amen. Sin ain't coming in. Sin is not allowed to come in. I think this is something that, that we should rejoice over, that we should long for, but, but let's not just long for it. Let's praise God for it now. Let's praise God not just when it happens, but the promise that God has given us that it's going to happen. God has never lied. God has never broke a promise. This is going to happen, so I'm praising God now that it's going to happen. Thank you, Lord, for, for destroying sin. I'm thanking Him now. He, you know, sin ain't destroyed yet. We're still here. We still sin, but I'm thanking Him now because I know the great God that we serve. And when we get to heaven, there is absolutely no way of sinning. God says you're coming. But he says sin ain't. That sin will be destroyed. The sin is not allowed near his people. Let's not forget you're his people tonight. Let's not forget that you're the one that his son died for. That, that you're the one that, that even though we might be rags, that we might, that we might be worms, but you're the one that Jesus looked at and said, I love you and you're worth it. So when we get to heaven, we won't be able to sin. There will be no sin in heaven. And point number two. No sin means, let's, let's go back to, to, to uh, what we're doing in Genesis. In, in uh, chapter uh, 2, we're already seeing sin. Or chapter, chapter 2 or 3, we're already seeing the fall of man. And which means the separation from God. So no sin Sins wiped out, this means that there is no physical separation from the Father or the Son. You see, we have the Holy Spirit now, but there's no physical separation for the Father from the Father or the Son. We'll get to see our Father. No sin means you get to see the one who died for you and the one who sent the one to die for you. In John chapter 10, verse 28 and 29. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father, which gave them me, is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. 
Nothing, when we get to heaven, when, first of all, when you give your life to Christ, you're in his hands. But when you get to heaven, this, is, this scripture is saying that you, you are in Jesus' hands. You are in our Savior's hands. And nothing can take you out of his hands when we're in heaven. God cannot be around sin. He won't be around sin. Once we all get to heaven, there will be no separation. Absolutely no separation. Because there will be no sin. And this is something that we can rejoice over now. This is something that we can be excited for now because we know that the Bible is true and God, like I said, God cannot lie. And you will see God and you will feel his spirit and you will see Jesus. That is something, if you really think about it, that has never happened. You have felt the spirit of God. The spirit of God lives in you. The spirit of God guides you and directs you. But we have never felt the spirit of God been in the same room as, as Jesus and the same room as, as, as the Father God. We have never been able to do that. We have never been able to see that. Imagine what it's going to be like when, when thousands, millions of, of, of uh, born-again Christians will be in the same room as the, as the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. We will finally be able to see the triune of, of God one. We will finally be able to see all three of them together, and we will be together with our Lord. No physical separation. He won't just be with you in spirit. He will be there. Can we wrap our minds around that? I, I, you know, I, think, I think that the Bible is not as descriptive of heaven because he, he, what he's already given us, I don't think we can wrap our minds around completely. I mean, just imagine being up there with Jesus, like the Bible says. You will be in Jesus' hands forever. And nobody, nobody can take you from him. You are, you are guaranteed life insurance. I think it's funny. My grandpa, whenever I started to drive, whenever I started driving, I thought about this uh, when, when God was giving me this, this, little, this little sub point. Whenever I, whenever I mentioned to my grandpa, I'm going to get my permit. And he says, he looks at me, and we were sitting in the top of the viaduct. And he looked at me, and he's like, I'm going to need new life insurance, man. <laughs> Now I drive him around sometimes. I think he's, I think he's not too scared anymore. But, but he, uh, he values his life. He, needs, he, needed, he needed new life insurance once I got my, uh, my license. But just think, you know, you kind of got to pay for that stuff. You, you have to pay for health insurance. I'm, I'm starting to understand that, that health insurance just isn't... You know, it's a need, but it sucks. But, <clears throat> you know, it's nice to have when you need it, I guess. You know? But the fact is, is you're in, you're in Christ's hands. And what I was thinking about when, when God was giving me this point, when, when God was giving me this, when, when I read the scripture that you're in his hands, your life is insured with Christ. When you give your life to Christ, your life is insured with him. But when you're in heaven, you have even more insurance. You're in his hands. And the best part is, it's all paid. 
What he did on the cross paid for your insurance. What he did on, on Mount Calvary, what he did with the cross, hanging and dying for our sins, saving the world if they accept it, it's paid for. So you will be with Jesus forever and your life insured. And I'm the one who don't have to pay for it. I think we serve a great God. Amen. Amen. And, and we're with the one who's greater than all. Don't forget the point. We'll be with God. You'll be with, with God. I mean, you know, I like, to, I like to think about, I don't know, I have a, a mind that, you know, I can, I, can, I can, you know, if I've seen it already, then I can, I can envision it in my mind. And it's like reading, this, reading that scripture and, and, and reading that we'll, we will be with God in heaven. I can't imagine it. It's something that, that it's just blank. I can't imagine it. I would love to imagine it. But it's one of those things where we won't know till we get there. We know it's going to happen. But we won't know till we get there. And I believe that even though, you know, it's like a good movie. You know, uh, my, my, my favorite movies, you know, whenever, whenever James, whenever James would, would watch, watch a movie and before me, he would never spoil it. He's like, I do not care because nobody likes a movie that's been spoiled, right? I mean, if you really think about it, look what, look what, God's, look what God's done. He ain't spoiling, the, you know, the reward. He ain't spoiling heaven completely. <coughs> but, just, but just think, your life, you know, you'll be with Jesus forever. Your life is insured and you're with him forever. Doesn't that sound like paradise to you? Doesn't that sound like like somebody loves you? Like somebody like somebody really loves you? Who has ever done that in your life? I know that, that, that people have done great things for, for all of us in our life that have helped us along the way, that have, that have really, really showed care and passion. But sometimes people aren't always there for you. This God is. Yes, he is. The God is. The third point tonight is we will be living with the Lord. In John chapter 14, verse 2 and 3, In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. So, so let's unpack this scripture real quick. Let's unpack it all. So he says that in my father's house, these are words in red. Even though the whole book is words in red. These are Jesus' words when he, were, when, he was alive, when he was alive walking on the earth. He says, in my father's house, there are many mansions. Now, the, the, the word mansions translates to modern day English as rooms. So, so first of all, 
First of all, you have a room in your father's house. You have a room. It's like, it's like uh, uh, my mom always tells me that no matter where I'm at, you'll always have a room. Grandpa, Grandma, you've told me that wherever I'm at, you'll always have a room. God the Father has a room for each and every single person that, have, that has given their life to him. And that is something to praise the Lord about. Let's also keep going in this scripture. If it were not so, I would have told you. So Jesus is saying here that in his father's house, there, there are many mansions or rooms. And if it wasn't so, Jesus would have just straight up told us it's not there. So Jesus is, is, is continuing to say that he is telling the truth, that he is not a liar. And he says he goes to prepare a place for you. And, and if I go prepare a place for you, he, will come, he says, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Let's unpack this a little bit. I go to prepare a place for you. So Christ is going. He is going up to heaven. He is there in heaven right now preparing a place. And he says that if he's going to prepare a place for you, there's no sense. He's basically saying there is no sense in preparing this place for you if I'm not coming back to get you. <clears throat> so he says, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. So Jesus' plan is to prepare a place for you in his father's house. He's preparing a room and he's going to come again and receive you. He's going to receive us unto himself. It says unto myself. So he's going to receive all of us unto himself. That It says that where I am, there ye may be also. So where he is, Christ intends you to be with him because you're the one that he loves. You're going to be in the... In, in, in the, in the king's house not not as just some lower class servant you're in the king's house where where he sent his son to die for you so god looks at you at a high standard already so let's get this straight you're not only going to be in jesus's hands forever have the greatest life insurance but you're also going to get a room in the Father's house. Amen. At this point, I'm saying, Lord, if you got a shed outside the back, you know, I'm, I'm good with that. But no, the Lord insists the best. He insists the best for his children. At this point, I'm saying, Lord, you've been so good to me. I, you, don't, you don't have to do anything. But the Lord insists. The Lord says, my, he, I'm, I'm just imagining what he's saying. My children will have the best. He really shows it in these scriptures. Yes, he does. I can't even imagine living in the same house as God and Christ. I can't imagine it. I think it's just going to be a whole lot sweeter when we're there. Yes. <coughs> He hasn't spoiled the surprise. We will know when we get there. There's no, I mean, the, you really want to look at the scripture in, in, in Revelation chapter 21 and John and in the, the plenty other scriptures that talk about heaven. Look at it as like a trailer. 
To be honest, it is like a trailer. It is like a trailer to, to, to a, a movie. And no, we, we don't have a video. You know, we don't get to see, but we get it described. And a description, at least for me, is good enough. If God is going gonna, is gonna, to uh, spend his time giving me a description of the place where I am going to live for the rest of my life, and, and he's doing it because he loves me, then, then I'm going to take that and it's going to mean something to me. Because God is doing it for me. God is doing it for you. We should be appreciative of the scriptures that God gives us. Not, not even if they're not clear enough for our own liking. You know, we, we need to get out of that, get out of that mindset as, as to, to, I can't understand scripture. So, so I, I, I just kind of disregard it. No, take the scripture for what it is. You don't have to piece the puzzle together. God's piecing it, or God, God is uh, piecing the puzzle together for you. He's creating the, the puzzle He's putting it together. It's just one of those things where it's out of our control. We have to stop being control freaks and and really just desire the Lord to be the Lord, to to be the shepherd that's leading the flock. And yes, we might be the one out of the 99 sometimes. All All of us have been that sheep. All of us are going to be that sheep. But I ask that, that we be better and better every day because we're going to have a seat. We're going to have a seat at the table in, 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 the, in the supper and we're going to have a, a room in the Lord's house. We are going to have so much. The Lord promises. Look at Revelation uh, chapter 21. Look down in your Bible. Verse 4. And it says, And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes and there shall be no more death. That's something, that's something right now. I think we take, I think we take our praise to God right now for granted. Because just reading that, just reading that should make you rejoice inside. (coughs) That someone can, can love me so much, can love you so much, that he takes tears away forever. No more death. Death is, is one of the worst things to have to watch. It is one of the worst things to have to go through if you are not a Christian. For the ones, for the ones you know that, that aren't with Christ. So when you go up into heaven, God is taking away death. No more separation. There's no more death. You will be with your brothers and sisters for eternity, all the lost loved ones for eternity when you get to heaven. Speaking of eternity, the last point this evening is you and I, we're going to have an eternity with our Lord. In Revelation chapter 11, verse 15, the Bible reads, And the seventh angel sounded, And there were great voices in heaven saying, The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. And he shall reign forever and ever. And you might ask, this scripture doesn't mention anything about God's people. It just says that Christ is going to rule forever. Let's go back up to a scripture we read earlier. With point number two, there will be no physical separation from the Father. Or the Son. So, so the scripture we just read is talking about Christ reigning forever. In John chapter 10, we're just going to read the beginning of it. Chapter 10, verse 28 and 29. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never 
perish. You will never perish because you've given your life to Christ. And Christ is Lord, Christ is King, and Christ is coming back to to rule, to take reign. What the Bible says is forever and ever. And we will be right by his side. Right by God's side. Christ has plans. You really think about it. You really think about it. You know, the Bible, the Bible goes up to basically when he's returning, when he's getting his people. But do you realize that Christ has a plan for eternity with us? He has so much more than we know. There is so much more that John could have wrote down that he didn't. That he was told not to. So Christ, when when I say that he has plans for an eternity, he literally has plans for eternity. I am being serious. The Bible is serious with his reign forever. So you're telling me we have no separation from God. We are in his hands forever. We have the greatest life insurance. We have a room in the father's house. And we get to spend forever with him. Let's not forget that there is no devil going to lead you away from God. No dark. You'll be forever with him and, and there will be no need for the sun. No need for, for the, the sun. We know what the Bible has to say about, uh, about light in heaven. Amen? Amen. So there's no devil trying to lead us away. I think that we have, let's just consider heaven our retirement plan. Ed, you enjoy retirement. Amen? Amen. But you got another retirement coming. Better one. one. You get a new body, a new mind. I mean, it's, it's literally, I don't even know how to describe it other than paradise. And in the word paradise, the meaning of paradise doesn't even amount. There is no words that amount to how good, great, perfect this plan is. And, and the best part of it all is we are almost at the center of it. We are at the center of God's will, his people. I think we got a pretty good life planned ahead. I think that we have a lot to look forward to as Christians, as children of God. That there will, there will be one day where the devil, the devil can't come knocking. He can't even come through the window as a, a Christian this morning said. He won't even be able to come through the window. Amen. Forever with God, you got a room in God's house. What more can I ask for? I mean, I was just driving to, to get there. I was just happy with getting there. That's what I meant to say. I'm just happy with, with being able to see Christ. And Christ, Christ exceeds expectations. Christ exceeds those expectations. You really think about how much you're loved. You know, some people, some people go through this life and think that everybody hates them. Some people go through this life thinking in an oh, woe is me mindset. And some people haven't been given the best hand in life. If they only knew. Some of them know. But if the ones that don't know, if they only knew, who loves them? That is why 
We, we, have, we have messages where the, 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 like this that God gives us, right? And, and they're very uplifting. They're very, you know, you're ready to get to heaven. But let's not forget, let's not forget that we have a duty. That we have a duty to tell people about Christ. Because there is a sad reality that yes, this heaven exists. Yes, we're going to get there. Yes, it is going to be paradise. But we have work to do. Why? Why are we settling for retirement now? Retirement is in heaven. This out there, like we say, uh, like we have hung up there, it is the mission field. When you get to heaven, that's when retirement starts. And it's for an eternity. Right now, we got work to do. We don't have to speculate about heaven. We don't. We shouldn't speculate about heaven. God gave us all the news we need. It is right here. What, what I just read to you this evening, what, what I just preached this evening, the, the news that, have we, that we have been given, the scripture that we have been given, a lot of the speculation is just a lot of the people that like to talk. I love to talk. <laughs> Sometimes not always, but about certain things. And I used to speculate a lot, but it doesn't have any edification. It doesn't have anything really to build because a lot of all speculation is, 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 I mean, it's either it might be right or it's just wrong. So let's focus on what the Bible says. That's right. Let's focus on what the scripture says. We don't have to speculate. I mean, it is the fact that, that we even get news of the plan. The fact that we even get a little bit of glimpse of what heaven is going to be like in the scriptures. The fact that God has cared about us so much, it should be enough. Don't you feel blessed this evening that we have a heaven to go to? That we have a savior? That we have a savior to save us? That the savior hasn't just saved us and and is waiting till we get to heaven. But our savior walks with us every day. Gave us a spirit for comforting and convicting. Convicting when we are wrong. When we need correction and comforting. When this world is weighing down on you. When this world has has just given you enough. That is when God's spirit works. And I think that we are blessed this evening. That we are able to be here this evening. That, that, that maybe, maybe one of us is struggling and maybe, maybe the message God has given me this evening has helped. So I think that we're blessed and, and me, I'm ready for heaven. I'm ready to, to, to walk into those gates, to walk and, and, and see God. I don't even know. I don't even, uh, there's so many emotions whenever, whenever I think about seeing God, seeing Christ for the first time. There's so many things that I want to do, but I don't think I'll be able to do because I'm going to be on my knees and I'm going to be praising. I don't know. I don't know if I'll be able to move. You know, the, 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 the song that, that Pastor uh, Randy sings, I can't remember uh, the, the name of it, but it, but it talks about uh, heaven. It talks about, you know, when, when you're going to get to heaven. And uh, I, we, we sing it too, uh, me and Megan. Why can I not think of it? It's on there. I'm not looking though. But there, there is the, the, the song that Megan and I sing that we stole from Pastor. No, the other one. But nonetheless, I don't even know what we're going to be doing. Yeah, the, what a day that will be. Yes. Yeah. 
I don't even know how I'm going to react to Christ. I don't. There's going to be, I think, so many emotions. And, and with the Bible saying that there's no more tears, I don't know if the Bible is just talking about there will be no, no painful tears. I don't know if, if it's, if it's you know, because it mentions death and tears in the same context. I don't know. Let's not speculate. Let's wait till we get there. Let's wait till we get there. I think we're blessed to be able to get there. I know we're blessed to be able to get there when we all get to heaven. Amen? Amen. 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 Amen.